Hi everyone and welcome to the Supply Chain Podcast. Today I'm joined by James Smith. I will let him introduce himself, but we have a really interesting podcast for you today and I hope you enjoy. So James, you want to introduce yourself for me? Thank you, Emily. Really great to uh, join you on uh, the podcast today. So I'm James Smith, uh, Managing Director for Auto Store System over in the UK. Um, basically, my role is all around introducing Auto Store to our client base um, and prospective clients, specifically in the, uh, the retail and logistics sector. Um, and really talking about all the great things that we can do with Auto Store and uh, we can do for our clients. Amazing. I'm super excited for this podcast. I can't wait to hear about Autostore. Um, could you maybe just explain a little bit more about your role and how you came to be at Autostore? Yeah, of course I can. So my role in the UK is really pivotal at the moment in terms of being um, the face of Auto Store and, and really working with end customers in identifying how does Auto Store add value to their businesses. Um, really investigating their business today, those critical pinch points that make challenging uh, business growth for them. Um, we in space, in logistics, in environmental aspects, whatever that is, really identifying what those critical business issues are um, for various different sectors of the UK marketplace from a supply chain perspective. And then looking at what is the right automation solution that can add value um, to their businesses and really address those challenges that they're faced with today. Um, not only identifying and talking around it, actually coming up with what does our solution look like um, so we can demonstrate exactly what a, an auto store could do to their business, um, both from a design and simulation perspective, but also from a financial benefits perspective as well. Um, so it's a very dynamic, very, very interesting role um, and one that I greatly enjoy uh, within the business. Amazing. And um, what about your background? How did you actually end up there? Oh, now that's a good one. So my, my background, I'm actually an engineer, um, qualified engineer by trade. Um, I've done a number of different roles over my background, from predominantly around the sales and business development area, um, looking at overall solution design, um, total turnkey projects in actually upgrading manufacturing facilities, um, both in the manufacturing industry in the UK and the logistics and supply chain industry in the UK. Um, a number of years ago, Autostore as a business, uh, went through a transitional change. Um, 2016, we were a family-owned business headquartered in Norway um, and really manufacturing our solutions in Poland, so having two global locations. At the time, the business very quickly realized that it required two things that the family unfortunately couldn't give it enough of. One was time actually spent within an auto store to see it get to its full potential. Um, and the second thing was investment. It was revenue investment and the amount of investment we required to really grow the business to reach our full potential was higher than the, the family business could give us. Um, so we went through uh, a move where we sold a majority share of the business into private equity. Um, and that gave us a really new management team that could invest the time that was needed. Um, it could give us a lot of cash investment to develop the solution even further. And most importantly, what it actually gave us um, was a view of the marketplace and, and where our gaps were. One of the gaps that was identified was actually having teams and people directly in key geographies, the UK being one of those key geographies. Um, so back in uh, 2007, uh, sorry, 2017, I actually came into the business um, to grow the UK entity of Autostore. Um, so my background in solution sales, in solution design, in top management positions of actually growing a business, 
aligned exactly with what the requirements of the auto store role were. So I joined back in 2017. Uh, one of the biggest challenges back then was really people identifying auto store as its own brand. Um, so we spent a lot of time really working on that brand identity in the UK marketplace and where our solutions fit and add value to uh, the various different supply chain um, companies within the UK. Um, that's been very, very successful, um, and it's really getting that message out there to people to understand what is the value proposition of AutoStore itself. Amazing. And yeah, as somebody who's seen your website and obviously checked out your LinkedIn, I think your marketing and your kind of like brand um, identity is really strong and it's really, it's really cool. It looks very um, modern and I think that kind of helps maybe. Um, so moving on, maybe I could test you a little bit. If you could just give one sentence of what Autostore's main mission is, what would that be? Very, very simple. If you look at our overall brand at the minute, it's about space redefinition. It's about taking existing space and redefining how that space is used to get maximum amounts of efficiency out of it. So really, in two words, space redefined. Awesome. And is this a lot to do with like um, micro-fulfillment and micro-fulfillment centers? It is today, yes. So traditionally, Autostore in concept was actually created back in the mid-90s. Um, we were born out of necessity in that our own business that was in supply chain and distribution of electronic components had run out of space in our warehouse. And at the time, we didn't have either the space or the money to actually build new warehousing facilities, so needed to come up with a different solution. That solution was Autostore. By placing inventory inside of bins and then the bins on top of each other and next to each other, overnight, we actually created um, or freed up 75% of our floor space, um, which meant that our existing warehouse could suddenly actually store four times the amount of inventory um, that, uh, that we could originally. So that's really where that came from. Where we've been for the last 25 years is in the traditional warehouse. It's in that central regional distribution center. Um, creating very space efficient solutions that have then been feeding out into the traditional supply chain network of using road haulage routes into bricks and mortar type, type establishments um, in an urban environment. What we're now seeing though as a really growing trend is mainly driven by consumer demand. People want inventory at local level. They want inventory, they want those goods to be available in city centers, in town centers. What does that mean? That means that we need to start putting that inventory in a very efficient way into typically a retail space, into that retail store that exists, that bricks and mortar high street location. How do we redefine that space to start bringing inventory in and have it available to consumers much faster? That's what we call micro-fulfillment, bringing automation into local level, into that retail space. Amazing. And I can only imagine, like you said, customer demand is really important. And, you know, in the current climate with COVID, I can only imagine the shift in customer demand. How has COVID affected the supply chains in the UK? Wow. Um, COVID's really, really done one thing, uh, one or two things. One thing uh, which is really significant. Who can forget within the first days and weeks of the pandemic, the complete shortage of toilet roll of past product. 
of simple things like baked beans. You know, nobody would ever imagine a situation where those stock items, those just normal essential items on supermarket shelves would be completely stripped, completely not available. Not just in one supermarket, but in almost every retail store. It was incredible. What that exposed was the gaps in the supply chain today. Um, it really did expose the need for much more dynamic ways of storing product, actually holding higher levels of inventory um, at local level and not relying on the traditional supply chain and logistic networks that have been there today. Thankfully, our retailers have actually bounced back and recover from those shock waves that were generated at the start of the pandemic. Um, but what we're seeing is many of the retail, especially in the grocery sector, many of those big retailers have been thinking about automation and automating their bricks and mortar, um, either retail stores, um, dark stores, whatever that fulfillment center looks like. They've been thinking about automating that for some time. What we're actually seeing now is that timeline has been accelerated. So where the retailers may have been considering actual automation, maybe in five or 10 years time, suddenly that window is now one to one and a half years. So it's really accelerated that process. That brings new challenges to these retail giants of not only we need to do this, but what do we need to do? What is the technology that efficiently can actually deliver that automation that can change and redefine that retail space for us um, and actually enable us to continue to not only supply the consumer, but manage these peak demands that such as this pandemic have created? And of course, the other big thing that uh, COVID has caused, in the, especially in the retail sector, um, for those people that still like to go and do that traditional shopping route, that want to go to a shopping centre, that want to go to um, one of the big uh, supermarkets, is social distancing. You know, until March, nobody had even heard of this term of social distancing. Everybody was used to walking next to each other in a supermarket, you know, total freedom in that retail space, which, of course, has now been restricted. What does that mean? Actually, at local level, it means that uh, we need to create more space, either one-way systems that nobody likes in supermarkets, um, social distancing markers everywhere, even in some cases, in some retail spaces, it means removing shelving. That means removing the amount of inventory at local level, which is frustrating for consumers that need to buy things or want to see something and buy it. Um, so it's put a huge amount of strain, pressure and stress onto the supply chain uh, organisations in the UK, um, which has really accelerated and identified um, the need for automation in that space. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, who would have ever imagined that this this pandemic would have ever, would have ever happened? It is, it's so fascinating to see how it has disrupted things, especially things like the supply chain. It's been such a huge, um, it's just had such a huge impact, hasn't it? I was just wondering how, how advanced are micro fulfillment centers? Is it in its early stage of adoption? Are people starting to obviously look into it more now because of COVID? It's a very good question. So the, the whole concept around micro-fulfillment is something that is actually quite new, especially in the UK. Um, the term micro-fulfillment is something that really has only been talked about in 2020. The concept of automating the retail space is something that Autostore have actually been doing for many years. Um, we've got our actual systems working in retail stores globally. Um, where we're actually delivering product in a very secure, very safe environment, very clean environmental way, um, directly into those retail consumers. 
Um, so the actual concept of putting automation in the retail space isn't something new. It's something that we've been involved with for many, many years. However, that terminology of micro-fulfillment and this idea of, of actually automating it in the, in the, in the retail space is, is new terminology, um, a new terminology that many people are talking about. It's a very exciting space. There's a lot of people talking about, we've got a concept, we've got an idea how we can do this. I think the real big differentiator for our business is we're not talking about a concept and an idea. We're talking about real solutions that we have globally deployed into these spaces already very successfully. So we've got a very proven platform um, of which we can automate that, uh, that retail space and really deliver micro-fulfillment today. It's not something that we're thinking about in one or two years or we've got plans and designs around. We've got technology that can actually be deployed today. Amazing. And following on from that, I suppose, what are the main um, advantages or benefits of automation in a retail space or in the supply chain? So in terms of why would you automate the retail space? Um, first and foremost, I mentioned a little while ago, um, the need to be able to create a more immersive environment for the, the bricks and mortar retailer. These are the people, the consumers that still want to go in store. They need social distancing. They need a, a nicer environment to be in. Um, and actually creating automation in stores enables more space. What we're also seeing as a real growing global mega trend now is more and more of retail stores actually offering immersive customer experiences. So classic in the UK, if you walk into a branded Apple store, quite often you'll see a part of that store is actually dedicated to customer demonstrations. It's workshops. It's actually the Apple staff demonstrating the latest and greatest products. And guess what happens? As soon as they finish that presentation, everybody that's been sat completely immersed in whatever it was suddenly wants to go and buy it. Uh, the amount of customer uh, purchases they get from there and the customer retention of people going back into store for those workshops is enormous. And that is a growing trend, I think, that we'll see more and more. Actually putting MFC into those retail stores is fulfilling that. What it also does is by actually putting uh, automated technologies into the retail space is it allows for greater inventory holding. So it allows for more stock at a local level. Why is that important? How many times have you, I, any of the consumers gone into a retail store, especially clothing, uh, quite often recently um, grocery stores, seen something that you want to purchase on the shelf and it's not available? Either they don't have the stock, they don't have the right color, they don't have the right size, whatever that is. If we can put automation into retail, actually increase the amount of inventory that's available at local level, those frustrations that you and I have around they don't have my color, they don't have my size, start to become eliminated. Actually, what that does is encourage more and more people to go back into the retail space, to go back to the high street and actually enjoy that high street space. By putting automation in, we're creating more space for more people to go back into the store. That's a huge win-win opportunity. The other thing it does do is one of the things we've been looking at as a business very recently is actually, can we create multiple stream opportunities within retail? So if you take your average grocery store, could we put automated technology into that that not only increases the amount of inventory at local level, so actually creates a situation where there's more stock available for people to be able to pick from the shelves or actually um, be able to order in store, 
what if that actual local level inventory could facilitate a local delivery service picking up from store so a Deliveroo, an Uber, something like that, actually picking up orders from store and delivering them to home addresses very quickly. And not only very quickly, but actually in a very green way. So a very sustainable, environmentally friendly way. Even to the point now that we're starting to see autonomous robot deliveries being trialed in certain areas of the UK. You know, we look in Milton Keynes, for instance, they're trialing autonomous delivery robots where you place an order online and that's fulfilled from a local store by an autonomous robot. That's a really green environmental way of actually doing things. But you need to have that inventory machine in store to enable that to happen. The other thing we're seeing as a global trend, especially um, the UK as well, is more and more requirement for home delivery services or a store to offer click and collect services where it becomes convenient for you as a retailer, as a consumer, um, to actually go and collect goods at a time that suits you. Again, putting something like an auto store in the rear of store really facilitates that opportunity. So not only do we create more inventory for the traditional shopper, the people that want to walk into a store, browse and buy, we actually facilitate the opportunity for multiple different delivery methods from that same store, be it click and collect, be it the actual retailer themselves using their vehicles on the road, or be it through third-party logistics. There's multiple different streams that can be facilitated from that one auto store deployment at retail level. And we think that's really, really important going forward. Just something that I thought of when you were talking there actually is, I think in some American... Um colleges or universities they have like that little robot that goes around and like delivers uh, little bits and bobs i'm not really sure what it is but it made me think um our local university here um uea they because of covid they're not allowed to leave their rooms and they have to pay for like food service like every single day and i could just imagine how convenient it would be if because they're not allowed to leave their rooms and people should be going in there, how convenient it would be if a robot or if something automated could do that instead. Um, I think that would be like groundbreaking and that would actually, one, save them a lot of money because it's costing them a lot. And two, it would just, how much easier it would be and safer for everyone. I think it was just, um, just something that popped in my head. I thought that was really interesting, actually. And it is. And especially when we look at the current level of infections and things like that, we know that that sort of mobile robot technology is very easy to clean down. Once it's actually been filled, it can go through cleaning screens. It can be actually sanitized completely. As soon as it's actually delivered to somebody, again, you can sanitize it, keep it really, really clean. And you're minimizing the amount of human contact. That's something that's going to be very, very key going through the pandemic. So absolutely, you know, but again, without something like an automated technology actually fulfilling into those streams, then it becomes quite challenging. Absolutely. And um, of course, you mentioned sustainability. And I was just wondering, do you think companies um, will adopt automation as part of a sustainability or technology program or scheme? I think currently a lot of the retailers or all of the big retailers that we've got in the UK are looking at environmental schemes, sustainability and being green as one of their really big differentiators. Everybody knows that whether it's packaging, whether it's reducing plastic, whether it's reducing landfill, whatever it is, we need to become as an environment uh, more sustainable and more green. I think the challenge today is many retailers don't actually align implementation of automation with sustainability and environmental um, actions and, and thoughts. 
One thing that we can do is because things, solutions like Autostore are very low power, it means that actually they can form part of that particular retailer's sustainability um, and environmental strategy. We've got systems operating across Europe that are actually being powered 100% from renewable energy, which is being created at source. So we've got companies that are operating their auto store solutions from solar panels on the roof of their warehouses. That means that it's a very green, very sustainable way of implementing automation at local level. And of course, the more and more green energy we utilize in, the better it is for the urban environment. Yeah, and do you think that it's possible, or maybe in the near future, it might be the distant future, that we can have fully automated stores or the future of fulfillment is complete automation? Absolutely, no question whatsoever. I think as we look at the entire supply chain, whether it's from the very large centralised warehouses all the way down into the micro-fulfillment or urban fulfillment centres that we're seeing as a growing trend, um, more and more, the more the automation is adopted, the more the automation will develop, and the more actually used to that automation and that method of, uh, of interacting in store level, people will become. Um, people have, over many, many years, um, started to see more and more technology integrated into stores, and people become more familiar with it. You know, who can think of uh, a fast food chain today where you don't go into store and there isn't the option of actually ordering fast food on a screen? People know that methodology already. The only thing we would be automating is not the front end, not the point of sale connectivity with that particular consumer. What we would be automating is the way that that product's delivered to them. Um, so it's not too far in the future that you could imagine a system where at, at store level, you walk in, you browse on a screen, select the items you want, create an order on the screen. Um, as you're putting your payment in, our system's actually collating that order in the background and then delivering that as a complete order to you at a customer collection point. Equally, um, for those people that want to place orders online, be it through mobile devices or the internet directly, um, they can be doing that. And in the time it takes them to actually go down to store to collect their item, it's ready and waiting for them. Um, so that full automation process, which involves almost zero human contact from any of the uh, employees of that particular business, is definitely there. Yeah, we're almost in that stage where we can offer that today. The the point is we just need to get consumers used to that interaction with an automated environment rather than actually a person handing those goods over to them. Um, but we're, we're almost there with that. See, that's interesting, isn't it? Because I think, um, especially from my perspective, we're consumers, you know, as well at my age, I'm 21, we're ready for technology. We, we don't, we're, not, we're often not surprised when new technology arises and we get used to it very quickly and it's, it's so common to us now that I feel like a lot of consumers would get used to it. Um, how often do you consider consumers um, at auto store? Is this like your main goal is to satisfy consumers or is it lots of the supply chain automation as well? So, so typically the people we work with more than anything else are the end customers for us, which is the retailers. Um, it's people like the retailers and people that are in the supply chain industry. But more and more, as we start to look at redefining the retail space, as we start to talk more and more with the urbanization, the micro-fulfillment, we've got to consider that consumer journey, that customer journey. Um, and more and more, we're looking at what does that consumer journey look like? 
you know, we have to create solutions that satisfy your age group, the really tech-savvy people, the, the people that order on the fly, they've got the mobile device, they're ordering, they suddenly see something on a billboard somewhere or a point-of-sale display and want it immediately. Yeah, I've only got to look at my teenage kids. Um, their perception is I can order something at, at 9, 10 o'clock of an evening and it will be delivered at 9 o'clock the next morning. Yeah. Their mindset isn't around supply chain functionality or how that happens. It's just, I can see it and I want it and it needs to be in hours, not days or weeks. Um, so we have to create solutions that can actually fulfill at that level and that speed. What we also have to be very mindful of, though, when we're creating these super tech solutions, is actually there is a percentage of, uh, of certainly the UK, but any population, which are not as tech savvy. Um, and we have to facilitate actually those sort of people being able to use automation wisely or use automation well. The way we see that and the way we consider it is actually how do we make the use of our automation easier for retail store employees? So actually they can interact and get back into that more immersive customer experience with those with a footfall people, those people that are walking into store. Actually, how can they help them more and have an usable interface that allows people to actually be able to interact with the automation, even if they're not doing it directly? So these are all considerations we look at at the moment to ensure that whatever automation solution we design. Um, for that urban space, it's user friendly for a vast range of age groups um, that are likely to interact with it. Absolutely, and we're just in such a digital world at the minute, aren't we? It's um, everyone expects instant and they expect fast. And yes. I'm just wondering how can existing bricks and mortar businesses stay viable in such a digital world? Certainly, the, the answer to that question has, has been accelerated with COVID. There's no question about that. Mm -hmm. um, what they need to do and what they need to look at now is what are the buying trends of the consumer of the future? Um, we've seen a huge demand at the start of this year for um, delivery services that, frankly, you went into any of the big retail, grocery retailers and looked for a delivery slot. And you were probably looking at something of five or six weeks ahead. Um, simply because of the demand that was placed on that. Um, the answer to that, of course, is having more inventory at local level and using different routes, using these green delivery methods that today aren't as prominent as they will be in the future. Um, certainly looking at the retail space and especially the, um, the established number of stores that uh, retailers have got, within their portfolio of stores, they will have some stores that they can actually redevelop um, they can actually reformat those stores to implement automation into them. Um, what we're not saying today is that automation is ready for everybody. Um, there will still be the smaller stores where it's just not at the right scale. Um, but certainly more and more of those retail outlets that are large, medium-sized retail outlets that are on the high street today, there's that opportunity to bring automation technology like AutoStore into those stores um, and actually create more inventory at local level, um, more space for consumers and increase the consumer experience when they actually spend time in store. Um, so absolutely, those retailers can look at automation today um, and it can drive efficiency and profitability for their businesses. And I was just wondering if you could talk me through a little bit about the benefits for the consumer for a micro fulfillment centre in, for example, a shopping mall. It would, first and foremost, it would give more inventory. 
So it gives that availability. So it eliminates that frustration of the latest pair of trainers suddenly hitting the marketplace and they've got only one size and it suits 0.1% of the population. Um, having that availability of stock makes a huge difference to people's experience in store. There's nothing more frustrating for consumers than going to store, really liking what they see, but not being able to purchase it, then having to go home and fulfill that purchase online and have it then either delivered or have to go and do another store collection. And um, that's a very long drawn out process that creates frustration. So implementing auto store within a shopping mall environment potentially can do two things. You can either implement it at store level, um, and if you implement it at store level, what you can actually do is create more localized inventory for that particular retailer. An even wider potential use at shopping mall level is actually to have centralized storage of inventory potentially at a, uh, in, a, in a parking area or something like that in a secure environment, and then use the existing mechanisms that are available, um, the lifts, the shafts, and things like that that are available to actually transfer inventory to the localized store, to the individual retail stores. So what that would mean is you could have multiple retailers holding all of their inventory in a large-scale auto store and then actually having the bins with, those, with that inventory delivered to their retail space. That means suddenly that inventory storage isn't in the retail space. It's not taking up 20 or 30% of the space within their retail store. Actually, they can then create these much more attractive, much more socially distanced, much more immersive um, customer experience retail outlets. That totally redefines not just the way retail space is used today in the shopping centers, but actually the customer experience when you go into that shop. Uh, and we think that's a real significant benefit for automating that sort of space. Absolutely agree. I think that's really, really fascinating. Um, I feel like a lot of people would be uh, appreciative of <laughs> being able to actually walk around a store and not be so self-conscious of walking in other people's space or bubble, you know how it is. And I guess I want to talk a little bit more about the technology side of things. Um, obviously, Autostore has the technology, but um, I was wondering, is there any emerging technologies that highly impacts Autostore? There is. Um, one of the biggest emerging technologies in the marketplace today is whilst we can provide a fully automated solution, currently um, our system designers, as with many, many um, automation providers today, still relies on a person taking a product out of the system or in fact, actually on the replenishment side of things, putting products into the system. Um, it relies on people still. One of the biggest emerging trends that we're starting to see now, though, is actually utilizing robots for that functionality, that placing products into that automated engine and actually retrieving them back out to the other side as well. Um, again, the implementation of robots working in that sort of way, um, the technology within robot picking, as we call it, is developing very rapidly. Um, historically, a few years ago, robot picking was one very expensive um, and actually the technology wasn't that user friendly. Um, normally you'd see robots operating in very shielded areas, um, nobody could go anywhere near them because they were frankly too dangerous. Um, that technology has moved on a lot now to, uh, to robots that can actually work right next to people. Um, they've got enough safety devices in them that they can work right next to people that uh, are experiencing them. And that technology then is moving forward to very soon, I believe, um, 
people, the consumers, will be able to go up and actually retrieve items. Robots will be almost picking items and handing it directly to the consumer. So I think that's one of the biggest growing trends we can see going forward is actually even more robots working um, within that consumer retail space and actually doing a lot of the functionality that people do today. Amazing. And actually, I shouldn't laugh, but I was just thinking when you mentioned robots, I wonder... um, do people's like lack of knowledge or maybe just like confusion about what robots are? Because sometimes when people say robots, you don't like you get a picture in your mind and maybe it's not as like cool or as exciting as you might expect. But like I wonder, do you face the problem where people don't have that knowledge about robotics that they're kind of almost fearful of using them? The, absolutely. There's two things really that people generally associate with robotics. Um, and the, these are common misconceptions that really the industry itself has to overcome. The first one is a robot is something out of Terminator. It's something that's so far out there that, you know, it's a huge threat and we should be very scared of them. Um, the second really big misconception as well is that robots take jobs. Um, and what I would say to that is, well, firstly, um, clearly our robots look nothing like Terminator. So, you know, we're not, we're not in that scope. <laughs> um, they do something quite different. And the robot technology is developing into so many different fields these days from what we were saying earlier, things like the robot delivery services that look like small cars running around or buggies and things like that, right up to robot arms and very complicated robot systems like that. It's all robotics at the end of the day. The really big piece, though, is around jobs. Um, A lot of people will say, well, robots take jobs. From my perspective, working in a world where actually my business is very heavily um, into robotics and automation, what we see is we don't lose jobs through robotics. What we actually do is create jobs. Yes, it's true to say the manual jobs that a robot can replace, actually quite often a robot can be much more efficient and reliable um, than perhaps somebody manually doing that. But ultimately, robots require designing. They require coding and software. They require building. They require maintaining. So actually, the number of higher skilled, higher paid, more environmentally friendly and ergonomically friendly jobs that we create by implementing robotics into um, a consumer retail environment or a warehouse environment is significantly more than the jobs we lose from actual manual handling. So in terms of people and jobs, what we're doing is we're actually improving people's working lives and improving their jobs by bringing robotics into there. So it's a very, very good trend from that perspective. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I feel like um, in future years, I'm sure people will be less fearful and move on from the Terminator um, idea they might have. But um, just moving on to the future then as well, I was wondering, as someone working in the supply chain, what do you now have to consider when planning the business model for the future? First of all, the supply chain is a very, very wide scope. Um, Supply chain is in so many different market sectors, so many verticals. And the challenges that the different supply chains face um, changes depending on what that vertical sector is. Um, the first thing I'd say is when they're come, when people in supply chain are considering the future is who's the end customer? Who are you looking to support? And, and what are the challenges that end customer are facing? Um, the second challenge that most supply chains face today is quite simply people. 
Um, we know and we've recognised for many years that there's a lack of people in the supply chain industry and that drives more and more automation, more and more robotics into those supply chains. Of course, the key question is where is the best place to deploy in a supply chain organisation, automation and robotics? Clearly, the answer to that changes by company. Um, but typically what you tend to see is if a particular supply chain organisation has got a very manual process um, that involves a huge amount of people doing very repetitive, very manual jobs, potentially, especially in a warehouse or a logistics environment, that's the first area that you can automate and start driving huge amounts of efficiency and reducing cost um, in those areas. The second area, of course, is what does my downstream supply chain look like? Um, if I'm running a, a large established business that's got multiple outlets, something like a big grocer or a big retailer, um, actually where can further downstream, I start bringing automation in and robotics into that supply chain to develop these urban fulfillment centers or these micro fulfillment centers. So certainly within each individual company, there will be areas which are huge cost bases today um, that should be the first things to look at. Where is the most amount of inefficiency and cost in my business? Because those will give the best return on investment and the very best investment business case. Those will be the first, person, first places I would look at. Second downstream then is, if I've optimized that part of my business, where after that can I start to look at? And certainly, micro-fulfillment, urban fulfillment, they will be more and more, as they become adopted into the wider retail space, they will become the expectation of the consumer. And certainly, the supply chain of the future is going to have to think about how do I implement and you know, bring that technology into my retail space so that I'm actually addressing the requirements of the consumer of the future? I can't wait for what the future has to bring with, with this new technology, to be honest. And we spoke a lot today about retailers, especially in-store retailers. I was wondering if you could speak a bit about e-commerce and how auto-store works with e-commerce. Sure can. So e-commerce is by far one of the biggest trends that we've seen over the last few years. Yeah, I talked a little bit earlier about my my own children's expectations of deliveries. Yeah, I, I'm of an age where I can remember where one week delivery was acceptable. Um, and uh, we've seen the e-commerce giants now actually reduce that down from a week to days to next day, to same day, even to the point now where people want fulfillment in one or two hours. Um, so certainly that is a trend that's being driven by e-commerce. One of the challenges a lot of e-commerce uh, companies have is how do I actually efficiently hold all of my stock and have it available very, very quickly? That's really driving automation. You know, we see the use of auto store technology in companies that are in the middle phase of their actual development. They've gone through that initially growing potentially out of a home environment or a small office environment um, where the stock holding is quite small. They've actually then potentially gone out to the 3PL network and got 3PLs to actually do that warehousing and fulfillment to, for them. But then they hit this tipping point where suddenly they need to actually operate their own warehouse facilities. Um, and that's where really automation like Autostore can really add value to these e-commerce players. The real aspect of e-commerce is very fast growth. So what you need to put when you're doing an investment in automation in e-commerce, what you really need to do is have something that's modular and scalable, something that as your business grows very rapidly can actually grow with it. 
Um, the beauty with a system like AutoStore is it's not fixed infrastructure. You can actually grow the solution to whatever your business requirement is. So if suddenly you require much more inventory, that's fine. You can actually extend the amount of storage capacity you've got very easily. If suddenly you find that you need to get things out of the system faster, we can put more robots onto the system. We can put more ports into the system for picking activities. So actually you can get that inventory back out of the system much, much faster. Um, and the final piece with AutoStore, the real benefit for an e-commerce player as their business continues to grow, we can relocate our technology. Um, because it's so modular and scalable, we can actually remove it from one house and relocate it to another. That means it's really, really suitable for the e-com market, that it's scalable, it's modular, it expands really fast to meet the rapid growth of their businesses. Coming from someone who is an avid Amazon user, um, this is just my own thoughts. Please tell me if this is completely wrong, but I feel like a lot of the time it gets packed very quickly so the fulfillment is there but maybe the trans the transportation is what takes a long time so i'm wondering if like in the future is it possible that we have these fulfillment centers near every city or even in, in every town and that's what speeds up the process alongside the automation in, within the centers absolutely what you've just described there is what we call last mile delivery or last mile fulfillment. Um, it's the key focus of most e-commerce players today, um, especially if you're in a dedicated e-commerce environment. Um, a dedicated e-commerce environment, you don't have a retail store to actually um, fulfill orders or be able to have footfall of general consumers. Everything is online. Everything is fulfilled from a, from a warehouse and delivered directly to the consumer. The real big growing trend then is what we call this last mile fulfillment. How do we get from a central warehouse to the consumer as fast as possible? And most importantly today, as environmentally um, viable as possible. We've seen as a result of COVID, more and more green lanes being adopted in our city centres. Um, you've only got to look at London currently. There's more and more green lanes being developed for cyclists, for um, electric vehicles and things like that. Um, even certain parts of London now being completely blocked off to vehicular traffic at all. Um, that puts huge strain on that last mile delivery. Actually having inventory at local levels where we can fulfil at local levels gives, first of all, people choice. If, it's, if there is a micro-fulfillment centre or an urban fulfillment centre within a city centre, people have got the choice to go and do click and collect. They don't have to wait in for a delivery. They can choose to go and collect that item at a time that suits them. It could be three o'clock in the morning if that's what suits you. But if that facility is there, people will use it for sure. The other thing that, of course, having urban and micro-fulfillment centre for e-commerce players gives is that ability to actually do urban-level deliveries, which goes back into what we were talking about earlier with these, my, these autonomous robots, um, 3PL delivery services like the Ubers and the Deliveroo's and people like that. Um, if that inventory is available at local level, it means that e-commerce players can really utilise that. What we're also seeing as well is we think there'll be a growing trend where people will actually use space at an urban level to actually hold inventory for multiple retailers. So the opportunity of people that actually operate warehouse and logistics organizations to actually fulfill and hold the inventory of maybe two or three different e-commerce players in one site 
and actually fulfill from that. That would be very good use of space and enable a very green, clean way of actually fulfilling and delivering customer orders on that last mile. And I think that's going to be the trend that we're going to see becoming more and more important in the future. Yeah, and so what are the challenges with that then? Um, is it space? Is it like consumers maybe not needing it right now? The biggest I think the biggest challenge is, firstly, space is, of course, one of the biggest challenges. We've only got to look at, if you take your example, for instance, an Amazon fulfillment center, those warehouses are vast. And yeah. you cannot simply deploy an Amazon warehouse center into the middle of London. There isn't the space availability. There isn't warehouse space for it, um, or any city center for that matter. So the question is for those sort of retailers, what do I deploy as an inventory level at local level? What do I actually put into a micro-fulfillment center? And the answer is actually you store a similar amount of lines or product, but you actually store less of it um, at local level. So you've got a wider range available. Um, and from there, you can actually do that local delivery. Um, it's quite simply, with the, the logistics networks of today, having big central DCs that hold all of the stock um, at central locations and then using road networks is not sustainable going forward. Um, so it's really about bringing that stock into local level. Um, most of the big major e-com players out there have got very good predictive technologies, so they know the trends. They know exactly, if you take um, your example of Amazon, for instance, they know exactly what product lines they're going to offer on Black Friday. Um, what those promoted items are going to be. So they can actually make sure that on a higher percentage, those items that are on promotion are at local level. Um, and that means that those items can be very quickly fulfilled from local level to suit the consumer demand. That is so fascinating. Um, and we're coming up to the hour now. So I was just wondering, uh, do you have any future projects that you'd like to share with us or any exciting new developments you'd like to talk about? Absolutely. Uh, auto stores forever evolving. You know, we're in the world of automation and robotics. Automation and robotics is an ever evolving industry to be in. So we've got some really exciting things that are coming up in the future. One that we have just launched, though, we've actually just broken ground with a totally new software package. Um, which is specifically focused around this urban fulfillment and high speed environment. So what we've been able to do by redefining our own software code, our own control software that runs our systems, is actually create 40% more capacity in our system just from software. It means suddenly we can get four times more robot traffic on our existing grids than we could before through software. That fulfills and enables us to actually deliver very high speed um, fulfillment, picking rates and activity on small grids which is facilitating this urban fulfillment center and micro-fulfillment center. One of the biggest challenges is it's okay having a micro-fulfillment center, but typically, especially in that grocery sector, that retail sector, the demand is for high speed. So it's small, it's dense, but it has to be fast. So I'm pleased to say that at the start of October, Autostore released what we call our router software um, that really facilitates and enables small, dense, high-speed grids that we can start to implement into that urban environment. So for us, it's a really great breakthrough. It's a really exciting time to bring that to market. Amazing. Well, congratulations. Um, thank you for sharing that with us. And just as a final question, do you have anything else you'd like to add? Have we missed anything today? 
No, I think generally today was we spent a lot of time talking about retail, talking about urbanisation, talking about micro-fulfillment centres. It's such a growing global mega trend that we can see it happening. We can see in a very, very short time frame that more and more of that retail space will see automation and robotics begin to be implemented into it and totally redefine that consumer experience. For us, it's super exciting times. Um, to have those solutions available for the marketplace today is really exciting. And we look forward to seeing our solutions in operation in that retail space going forward. Absolutely. Um, we're very excited as well for you. We hope to see your name everywhere. Um, I actually love talking about Auto Store. I believe that it's it's so exciting. I'm so interested in technology and automation and robotics that this is a really interesting subject. And I hope that um, our listeners totally agree. Um, so thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I hope you enjoyed your time. <laughs> I certainly did. And I would just say thank you for uh, spending the time with us today. It's super interesting to talk to you. Um, super interesting to talk about this subject in a lot of detail. So no, thank you very much for the opportunity. Look forward to doing it again. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you.